welcome to That's Life, where the yellow zone is for loading and unloading only. Sorry if you didn't get that, but I promise in about 30 seconds I'll explain and you'll understand. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, General Manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. For those of you who heard my shtick last week about the uh, First Amendment and the New York Post, yeah, the Twitter saga is still going on. The New York Post Twitter account is still frozen. I'm pretty sure that's day seven. Who freezes an entire Twitter account of an entire newspaper? Not an individual, the newspaper. Yeah. So way to make a story out of something that wasn't a story. Way to go Twitter. It would it would almost seem like Twitter doesn't have a communications department. Maybe they don't have the right people running the communications department. I can't figure out what their end game is, frankly, because they just kept this going for days. But either way, yeah, just filling you in from last week's little opener. But let me explain today's opener, my opener to today's show. First of all, it is a nod to Airplane. Classic movie, which two of my kids just watched for the first time and now completely understand the genre of dad jokes. Yeah, like, I mean the entire genre. It, it never, they never got it beforehand. They never understood the origin. They never understood where it came from. Now, people will argue that's not where it came from. It's just Airplane is a good manifestation of that. Yeah, okay, fine. But seriously, they, they, they watched this video and it was like, Dad, we understand you now. It's pretty, it was it was honestly pretty funny. It's a pretty funny movie. The uh, Yellow Zone is also, the Yellow Zone comment, the Yellow Zone opener, is also a nod to the COVID zones in Brooklyn and Queens that have moved from red to yellow. Yes, we are reflattening the curve, flattening the new curve. I don't know what you want to call it, but we're being responsible. Collectively, New York, we are being responsible. Yes, if you are in a Yellow Zone, you're still in a Yellow Zone, but if you were in a red zone, you might have you've moved to a yellow zone. So check your uh, most updated map, which I'm sure you can find on uh, by, by Googling it. But, of course, if you refresh it, it'll update again and probably be different colors the way things are moving around here. But, yes, the yellow zones are now areas where you can eat four people at a table indoor at a restaurant and a variety of other accommodations, including loosening of restrictions on houses of worship which is uh, obviously a big plus for our community and for many other communities. And this serves as a good segue into my weekly announcement. Folks, wash your hands. I can't believe I still have to announce this. You'd believe that I'd have to announce it at all. But yes, wash your hands with soap and water. Good 20 seconds. You can spend 20 seconds at the sink. And yes, wear a mask. Not so hard. Wear a mask. It's a radical idea. Stop yelling at each other. Stop yelling at things, yelling things at people from cars. Just put your mask on. We can all do it. It's a genius idea. By the way, if you haven't seen that video that was going around a couple of days ago where somebody in Brooklyn, I'm pretty sure it was in, I'm not sure if it was in Borough Park or Williamsburg, but somebody was yelling at a Hasidic gentleman to put on his mask. Now, the gentleman was walking outside and was there was nobody around him. But let's, you know, not get in the way of details and facts. Either way, this person, this this car driver, this motorist, was yelling at this chassid to put on his mask and, uh, as a result, lost control or forgot that this person was ap- ap- was in the process of operating a vehicle and slammed their car into the car ahead of them, and that car then went into the car ahead of them. So there are lots of morals to the story, but again, you could just learn that karma 
is a real thing. Let's do the fortune cookie. Fortune cookie. Yeah, two weeks in a row in the fortune cookie. Don't worry. Next week, I'll uh, probably forget to do one. Here we go. The good life is a process, not a state of being. It is a direction, not a destination. Ooh, I like this one. Let's do it again. The good life is a process, not a state of being. It is a di- It is a direction, not a destination. I have a feeling that my guest would certainly agree with that. Um, we'll talk to her in a second. I do want to mention, though, that it is Caps Lock Day. Yeah, folks, just check your computer. If you're writing emails in all caps locks, basically you're yelling at the person you're sending an email to. Uh, It's International Stuttering Awareness Day. That's my shout out to Mo Mernick. If you haven't read Mo Mernick's book called The Gift of Stuttering, it's an excellent read. I highly recommend it. And it's available on Amazon. I know this is going to sound like a total tangent, but last night one of my kids was watching a video on Jeff Bezos and the voice on the video, the narrator said, remember when Amazon only sold books? And I laughed out loud because that's a genius question. No, I have no recall of when Amazon only sold books. That's how far Amazon has come. It's also Make a Dog's Day Day. I think there's a little bit, that, very little that needs to be done to make a dog's day. But today is that day to do it. It's, na- it's National Nut Day. Mm, I don't know if the nut we're referring to is somebody that you know or an actual nut. I couldn't get that clarity. And it's Smart is Cool Day. And my guest certainly speaks to that. You're listening to That's Live here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Alana Silber is the CEO of Sharsheret. She joins us this morning. We like to invite Sharsheret on, of course, during October Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I'm so happy that Alana was available this morning. Good morning, Alana. Good morning, Miriam, and thank you so much. Really enjoyed your intro. <laughs> thank you. and Thank you for always having us on um, this month and always supporting our effort all year long. We're really grateful to you and your listeners and the whole community. Listen, you're one of those organizations that I'm sure would like to go out of business. I, I, I put you in a wonderful category of unbelievable organizations and hardworking individuals that really serve the community in, a, in an area that they wish didn't exist. So um, while, while breast cancer is still something that is very prevalent and we are entirely grateful that Sharsheret exists. We also, um, you know, hope that we can put an end, obviously, to breast cancer, and maybe that day will come. But let me ask you the following question. This is a question in a million years, Alana. I I never thought I'd have to pose to you or to the CEO of any other similar organization. So let's see what happens in March. We have a pandemic that hits, and you are the CEO of an organization that tends to the needs of many, many people who need immediate medical attention and education, but you are now faced with a pandemic. What on earth is the first thing you do when people can't move around and can't even seem to think straight? What is the first thing that you do? We just do what we do. We don't change anything. So the beauty of Sharsharet and the model of the way we deliver our programs and services, we're set up perfectly for the pandemic, which seems so crazy because everything's shut down. But the way Sharsharet is, is we've never had in-person meetings with women reaching out to us for support. When Sharsharet was started almost 20 years ago, we understood that women who are going through breast cancer, women who are active, women who are dating, women who are raising families, women who are running businesses, 
they didn't have time to go somewhere for the support they needed. They needed it in real time and they needed it now. So we have always been delivering our services virtually to women on phone, online, sending things by mail. So when the pandemic hit and the, uh, the impact on women with breast cancer has been tremendous, and we could talk a lot about that, Charcheret as an organization didn't stop for a second. Internally, yes, our staff members could no longer go into an office and everything had to be done from the safety of the staff members' homes, but the support services that we offered didn't stop. If anything, we just increased availability. So we repositioned all of our staff members to be available really anytime, all day, every day, both from an education perspective, providing minute-to-minute, up-to-date medical information from medical experts on webinars, attracting 800 people at a time, to one-on-one support services through a social worker and a genetic counselor for women who were struggling with the impact this was having on their mental health. I mean, one of the urgent uh, crises that is a result of COVID is this urgency and um, impact on mental health and Charcheret's on the front lines when it comes to mental health. So, so I'd say once the pandemic hit, the first thing we did was get into gear and um, work even harder. You know, it's funny. I'm I'm listening to you and I'm saying I, the forethought in the in the in the infrastructure of Charcheret when it was established was so forward thinking that who knew not only was it meeting the necessary needs of of women and men and families in real time as it was going on, but now you are able to just, instead of making a 180, instead of having to reorganize yourselves in order to meet the current pandemic situation, instead you made a 25-degree turn and just did what you were doing better. And double down on it. And I think that that's important because – uh, while other types of organizations who are doing great work had to rethink what they were doing, the need for our work was even greater. So when we talk about pivoting, we're not pivoting away from what we normally do. Our pivot was like, how do we get more resources, more support, more information, more financial subsidies out there to meet the increasing demand? Um, and so that part, uh, we have an incredible team of an incredible staff that is very well-trained and also very passionate about the cause. Look, every single one of us knows somebody who's been touched by breast cancer. And with a very a high percentage of staff members are women, look, the biggest risk factor for breast cancer is being a woman, right? So we all can relate to um, the issues on a personal level and professional level. And I feel very blessed to have been able to play an important role in taking women through the cancer journey and COVID, cancer and COVID has kind of become kind of like a, like a, I guess like a tagline. It right. goes together, right? It's, you can't separate the impact of COVID when you're going through cancer. And I feel blessed that we had the resources and the ability to help women and be that virtual hand to hold when family members couldn't even go into chemotherapy appointments with them and sitting alone, or they didn't even know if they should go to their chemotherapy appointments. These are really uh, life um, life-changing decisions that they had to make and when nobody knew what was safe and what wasn't safe. So um, felt very 
good that we could be there and provide information as we were getting it. Alana Silber is the CEO of Sharshera. She joins us this morning. We are discussing COVID and cancer. Yeah, that as a tagline, I mean, the alliteration alone, but yeah, unfortunately, it does go together. And so many cancer patients, there have been anecdotes, there have been stories, they've been covered in the news by the mainstream media of of stories for uh, of cancer patients not being able to receive their treatments initially at the beginning of COVID because patients were being turned away and appointments were being canceled, not, heaven forbid, out of malice or out of lack of responsibility, but frankly, because we didn't know what was happening on the planet yet. And so did you find that there were a number of, that there was an increase, I should say, in calls from patients from that were that were coming into Sharsherrod by patients who were saying, I do not know what to do. I can't get my treatments. Yes. So yes, we had more calls. And yes, each call was more intense. Because think about it now, when you, even in, I don't know anyone who's out there who doesn't have to start an email or start a conversation asking, how are you doing? How are you managing? Right. As human beings, we have to ask those questions. So you can imagine the conversations that we're having across the board start with that and the answers aren't just okay it's like oh this is what's going on mm. so um yeah they definitely the calls were on the rise and the conversations were deeper more intense uh the uh the, the nervous uh reaction to what was going on and then we also were able to connect quickly we work very closely with the medical community with top oncologists and surgeons to figure out how to safely do your treatment. So sometimes, for example, someone was told they had to wait a week or so to do a treatment and they were panicking. It was very validating to hear from a top oncologist to say, it's okay sometimes to spread chemotherapy appointments out a little bit longer. Nothing's going to happen to you. Um, So there were things like that that were really helpful. We had a webinar maybe within the first week where 800 people registered and they could ask questions in real time, no direct medical information, and we still encourage everyone to talk to your own medical professional. But guidelines, what kind of questions to ask when things reopen? How is your medical facility making it safe? Um, What do I need to know if someone about my regular screening? And then now the messaging seven, eight months into this pandemic is now that we understand how to make facilities safer, we are encouraging women to take control of their health and to go to their appointments, to go to their screenings. Uh, The hospitals and doctors are making it safe, and they are open to your questions of how they're making it safe. And our message with the medical community is do not delay your health appointments. It is very important. If you don't, what we're seeing is that some cancers are not being diagnosed in its earliest stages when it can be treated or when it can be cured. If you delay it, the outcomes will not be as good. So we are encouraging everyone, make your appointments, call your medical professionals, go get your screenings, go do your treatments, don't delay your health. We know it's something that you're bringing up right now is is a much bigger conversation and you know, one that, that we can discuss for hours is the whole idea of taking care of oneself and being able to put oneself, I don't want to say forward, but put oneself first when it is necessary. And in a situation like this where families are are being kept at home, whether you're quarantining or you're not quarantining, in March and in April, frankly, we were all quarantining. We just didn't know it. We were just all home. And we weren't having interaction with other people and or outside of our nuclear family or whoever lives in our home. And when you 
all of a sudden have to consider every single person, every given moment, because their schedule is your schedule and their life and everyone's on top of each other, saying for five minutes a day, I need to take care of myself, I need to put myself forward, is a huge step for, for anyone. And so when you're discussing now putting, pushing off doctor's appointments, pushing off getting treatment, pushing off pursuing issues that, that, that may be going on internally, physically and internally, and saying from a mental health point of view and from a physical point of view, I need to take care of this. That is a big sentence. That is a big statement to make. Yes, and I think even for women who are healthy, I mean, I know for myself, I went last week to get my mammogram. So I'm not going to push that off. So I think, you know, what we recommend, what the American Cancer Society recommends, that at age 40, everyone go get an annual mammogram. I know there's confusion on what the United States Task Force recommends, but we, you know, taking care of your health, even for women who've never been diagnosed, because one out of eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, So most people listening today, probably they themselves do not have cancer. Many have, but Still, the majority will not, but they still are at risk. So today, you can protect your future. So we encourage you to go for your annual screening. And certainly, if you feel something or you think something is wrong, you go to the doctor. And these conversations can start with telehealth. I think that Sharshara was one of the first. So we had genetic counselor on staff years ago, social workers, all providing counseling and emotional support by phone. And there was a little bit of... Um, there were skeptics out there and said, no, you can't do this by phone. And now all of a sudden in 2020, telehealth is exploding and it's okay. So you can make that first phone call if you think something's wrong and speak to a doctor over the phone. They are making themselves more accessible. And that's a first step. There are appointments where you have to physically be there, like a mammogram. But if you are thinking that something is wrong, pick up the phone and call. You don't have to leave your house. And they will work with you and Sharshara will work with you to get to whatever the next step is in a safe and healthy way. Alana, what are, um, I mean, radiology facilities doing to ensure a patient's comfort level when going in for a mammogram during COVID? Okay, so the first thing is... And sometimes it's even a bonus, right? They're not, they're, you're not waiting in the waiting rooms anymore, right? You're not <laughs> waiting. So, for example, if you're going to um, a, an office that has multiple people uh, and multiple techno- uh, techs, you don't sit in a room with other women. You stay, if, it, if you're in suburbia and you're, you have a car, you can stay in your car. You call in. They tell you when it's your appointment. Everything is wiped down. You sign in. Most of the time, you'll keep the pen that you are signing in <laughs> on. Everybody is wearing masks. There's hand sanitizer everywhere, signs everywhere to wash your hands. You are not in the room. You are not six feet near any other patients. Uh, consultations are happening um, six feet apart, and then you are asked to leave the office. So they are taking every precaution. Everything is wiped down before and after. You get your temperature taken. You're asked a number of questions about your, you know, if you've been in touch with anyone who's had COVID. So they're asking the right questions. They're washing their hands, they're providing hand sanitizer, they're all wearing masks, they're keeping you out of the office till right till your appointment and getting you out of the office quickly. So that might be a good consequence of this. I mean, you don't, I'm not waiting for hours in the doctor's office right. anymore. That, that's a good thing. That is a very good point. I mean, we, a number of us have obviously been discussing and speaking about 
bizarre silver linings that have come out of COVID, I would say not waiting in a waiting room is certainly, certainly one of them. Alana Silber from Sharsheret. We have to discuss a number of pink events that are going on. I mean, October isn't over yet. And most importantly, the big fundraiser is coming up. We have to talk about, talk about links of laughter. Yes, and I appreciate that because I think even – and as, a, as someone who needs to raise funds to keep the work that we're doing, let's put fundraising aside for just for a second. Well, I'll bring it back. Don't worry. But <laughs> laughter is the best medicine. If you're reading about mental health, one of the top things they're telling you today, how do you, we're all under pressure generally and even more so during COVID. So what are the top things you need to do to really reduce pressure? Number one is they say to go out and take a walk if you can while the weather is happening. Go connect with friends in a socially distanced way. And then the third thing is watch a funny show. Humor is a great opportunity to take a pause from what you're doing, and we all need it. And that's the feedback that we're getting. Everything that we do is in feedback from the women and families that we serve. So what we're doing through this fundraiser, which it is, it says $180 ticket to come, is a virtual fundraiser that focuses on laughter and fun and levity. Here you have an opportunity to take a pause from the pressure, decompress, sit down with family, with friends virtually, um, and laugh and really come together as a community in a light and fun way. And I think we're craving that and we need it. And we have a terrific lineup of tremendously talented uh, stars who, who will make us laugh and who will bring a smile to our faces and reduce the pressure. And you can buy all of those tickets, anything that you want to sign up for. You can go to sharsheret.org, and all of the events are, are, are easy to access, as in, including, of course, easy to access is someone to just assist you with the beginning of questions that you, the beginning questions that you may have regarding your breast cancer diagnosis. But I do want to also mention that one of the things I, I love about Sharsheret and the Sharsheret events is that there are events happening nationwide. There's an event happening tonight in Skokie, right? There's a, there's a cooking yeah. event that's happening tonight in Skokie. Now, of course, that's the first thing that popped up on the screen. It was the first thing, of course, that excited me because put me in front of food and I'm happy to cook. But, <laughs> but all of a sudden I was like, this is so cool because it's in Skokie. And while I be maybe missing out because I can't get the ingredients delivered to my home, yet there's it just shows the expanse of Sharsheret's network. All of those links in the chain are all committed to working towards Sharsheret and keeping it strong. In so many ways, I think that that and, and your different cadres of people who are either supporting Sharsheret because they've needed it or a friend has needed it or a family member has needed it or supporting Sharsheret just because it's smart just because it's something you should do, you have all these cadres of people who are out there working for you, and that's tremendous. Yeah, I mean, last night, I mean, we talk about, well, now that we have virtual, there isn't anywhere you really can't go, right? You could have it in Skokie, and you could be sitting in New York. Uh, last night, we did an event that was in Dallas. I mean, again, virtually. Uh, we had almost 200 people on the screen, and it was an, uh, they did a cocktails and mocktails <laughs> with um, a company that a mixology night, who were very entertaining, had games and, and ways to engage the audience. Um, and we did mocktails because we know, we understand that uh, healthy living is very important um, in reducing your risk for breast cancer. So you could make those drinks without any alcohol. And then we got had all these people on the screen who were able to create these drinks. And then we had um, 
an opportunity to share information about Sharsherit, about breast cancer, about ovarian cancer, about the increased risk for a BRCA, a BRCA gene mutation. And then we had two incredible women share their stories. Uh, one was a young breast, breast cancer survivor who shared her story, and one was a cancer previvor, someone who had a strong family history of breast and ovarian cancer, had lost uh, members of her family at young age to ovarian cancer and did prophylactic surgeries. Uh, she had been the CEO of Match.com, and they shared their stories. Uh, these were very professional women. The other one had been um, uh, in finance, and they told their stories. And I have to tell you, it was a night of entertainment, education, and emotion. And after these events, we always get women calling us for support and more information. So we're continuing to educate women and families. This was not a women's event, and men were on there too because we know that men are touched by breast cancer. A small percentage of men have male breast cancer, uh, but even more so, a lot of men in the Jewish community carry a BRCA, a BRCA gene mutation, that they can pass on to their daughters, but they themselves are at increased risk for other cancers like prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, melanoma, and male breast cancer. So we're sharing this kind of information any way we can and everywhere we can. So we're doing probably 50 to 60 events this month alone um, from college campuses through the AEFI through all ages, and male women, men, women, Jewish women, and also those who are not Jewish. Or Sherrod serves the entire Jewish community and anyone of any background can well, benefit from Sherrod. Well, Alana, I'm laughing only because you may be at home, but you're out every night, and you're virtually out every night, but you're dancing No hard. joke. No <laughs> joke. And by the way, I, I don't know, we're working harder than ever, but... Yeah. Uh, but it's making a difference because we're saving lives. I certainly believe it. Sharsheret.org. Alana Silbert, CEO, thank you as always for joining me. Continued Hatzlacha. My regards to everyone in the virtual and actual Sharsheret office and uh, continue what you're doing because you literally are saving lives. Thank you. I'm back at you. You have a great team there. Um, your show is amazing. You are you definitely bring a smile to a lot of faces. So thank you for partnering us and Laughter is the Best Medicine. And I really hope you come on to the LOL, I think you'll get some of the jokes. You're so great. thank you so much. Thank you so thank much. You. I appreciate that. Wow. Stay you, well. Stay you safe. too. Stay safe indeed. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And uh, wow, what an inspiring conversation. Way to go, Sharsharat. The afternoon continues with a full day of programming. Live lunch starts in just a few moments. Hosted by Nahum Siegel. Don't want to miss it. We have a lot to discuss, including... A preview of tonight's open mic event. Nachum hosts Steve Adelsberg as they discuss for love of the game inside baseball, Jews, and sports. And, of course, they'll be joined by Ron Bloomberg. He's a former New York Yankee. Yeah, if you if you heard JM and AM this morning, you heard Steve and Ralph Rosenbaum, who is our sponsor this evening. That's Rosenbaum Financial Services at Tax CPA 2 the number 2, TaxCPA2.com. You heard this morning's interview at about 8.30 this morning. You got a little bit of a taste. I can't wait to put in my two cents during the live lunch. I want to be a part of it also. So don't miss today's live lunch and, of course, the open mic event in appreciation of all of our sponsors of the Nachum Siegel Network and JM and AM. It's tonight at 7.30 p.m. 
Eastern time. Yes, we are going up against the new Arab Shabbos show, but it encores three times. It's not like you can't get Mark Zomick's new show. You will get Mark Zomick's new show. Frankly, you can be on the Zoom and listen to the show at the same time. Don't miss a moment of it. And yes, the clock is ticking away. I'm watching it go. We are going to close today with Country Yussi's Deaf Man in the Stiebel. Here's the question. Why am I closing with that song today? you got to listen to the live lunch in order to find out. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. He's just a deaf man in the stable, and to everyone's surprise, he comes to Shuli Chavez, and he prays with tear-filled eyes. You see, his son, he is the chasm, though his voice he's never heard. But he sits there enjoying every word. He watches every motion every gesture that he makes and he stays till the very end however long it takes and when the davening is over he's the first to reach his son and the deaf man in the stiebel says well done now it's right before young kipper in the stiebel there is fear they want to start from nidre but the thousand's still not there The shoes filled with people As the night begins to fall But the deaf man's chair stands empty by the wall Then suddenly the chazan He comes rushing through the door He's wearing his white chazan's hat He's never worn before he pauses for a moment at his father's empty chair and quietly he wipes away a tear. Then he runs up to the bima for there's no time left to wait. And half the shoe can hear the rabbi ask, how come so late? When he finished davening, the rabbi asked to tell What was it he was thinking of that made him sing so well? Well, you knew my dad was deaf, he said, and last night he passed away. It's the first time that my father's heard me pray.